Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Before we get started, I'm Ethan Richards. I'm Beckett Rice. And I'm CJ Bakel. And, and we got a super special episode. We are being brought to you by, not live, <laughs> in person for the first time since before COVID in Beckett's living room and sunny in a hand, South Carolina. Sony's debatable. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sunny. It's good, it's good rugby weather. Good rugby weather, it's yes. nice Yeah, because it's like nice and cloudy. 70 degrees and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, um... Finally getting to do an in-person episode. I, it's been like with, you know, CJ living in a different time zone. He was nice uh, to have a weekend in Charleston again. And yeah. so we all got to be in person again. This is great. It feels weird. It does feel <laughs> a little weird. I'm surprised that we're not over like Discord or Zoom or yeah, anything I mean, like that. Yeah. None of us have headphones on for the first time in years. Very weird. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm gonna put a little uh, disclaimer. So if it does, if you pick up some random noises, that's why because yes. we're actually recording in person yeah. <laughs> in yep. the living room. And it's funny that CJ says that because it's great that CJ says that because he's the one who's editing the episode. So yeah, yeah I, I can't give myself too much credit. <laughs> yeah, of course, because I know I'm gonna miss something. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> it happens. I'll look for it. So we're talking about uh, this most recent round of the Six Nations uh, round three. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first game on the table. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Italy versus Ireland. Yes, the eyes game. The eyes game. <laughs> hey, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Because <laughs> um, Italy and Ireland already took them all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what else Italy took? An L. Yeah. <laughs> Should have taken a bonus point. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, final score uh, 20 for Italy. 34 for Ireland, mm. um, where, honestly, Italy's, like, points pretty much were all scored in the first half. It was, well, they had 17 points at the half and mm-hmm. only came away with three points in the second 40. Yep. So, uh, Ireland, uh, not quite the same case. I mean, they put 10 points up in the second half, so... Um, it kind of shows you. I think it shows a little bit of the depth dis- difference between right. Ireland and Italy. In my opinion, I think like you could see as soon as this like the second set of forwards came in and whatnot for Ireland, it showed to be a little bit stronger of a game for them. Yeah, we were talking about this. Um, I think I was really harping on uh, Luca Bigi coming in because I was like, he's probably usually their third or fourth choice hooker, but Lucchesi's hurt, and I think uh, Hame Faiva is hurt. So it's Nicotera starting and then BG coming on. And he actually wasn't too bad this game. Uh, he's given away a few penalties before, but this was, this game he was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's just something, you know, they're going to have to continue to overcome, though. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, like, obviously, I think even three years ago when somebody said, oh, Italy-Ireland, it was not going to be a 14-point yeah. game. Yeah, it was going to be, like, a 40-point game, realistically. Right. And you look statistically, everything will seem to be very even. Yeah. Like, territory was split down the middle 50-50. Oh, you mean possession? I mean, not yeah, not territory. Possession was split down down the middle 50-50. Like, total passes was pretty split similarly. Same with tackles. Uh, The only time that things seemed to be lopsided for one team over the other was that Ireland had more turnovers and breakdown steals where Ireland had seven breakdown steals versus Italy's only one. Right. Well, no, I think, 
lot of handling errors too. Sixteen to Italy, fifteen to Ireland. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. but at least it's even. It it's is more even. even than it yeah. would have been in like the past. I think what what really swayed the game in terms of like overall like control mm-hmm. or point like points is that pretty much like two thirds of the game was spent in Italy's half. You know, right? Even Italy were stuck playing out of their half a lot more than they should have been. I think that has to do with their exit strategy, though. Yeah. It, it lacks. True, true. It, it, they, I mean, they still have a long way to go. Obviously, they're not beating the number one team in the world. No. I don't think any of us were, are surprised that they lost to this game. I think I, I was super excited that at halftime it was a, what, a seven-point seven game. game. Mm-hmm. Like, it was close for the first half, and the second half is when Ireland started to run away with it, of course. But, like... It was still, like, it, I, I didn't watch that fan, you know, me rooting for Italy because obviously, like, it's it's amazing to see their growth and progression. But I didn't, like, watch that game rooting for Italy and feel like it was doom and gloom, you know? Oh, I yeah. feel like there was so much interesting things happening. Yeah. We, we talked about it um, early in the game. It seemed like uh, Italy was um, had the ascendancy in, like, the set piece. Their scrums were looking good. They were getting some turnovers or, or some penalties. Um, later in the game, they started to falter a little bit more that there, but I mean, I I never thought that outside of a few areas they were very far behind Ireland. I thought also they they did a great job of uh, adjusting in the second half, and they really made Ireland still scored ten points, but they made them work a lot harder for them because they Ireland probably had like like a five six minute um, thing where they were ten fifteen meters out from the line and they couldn't get uh, over it because Italy just came up hard and hit them. Yeah. Pushed them back. It seemed like Italy fixed up their defense a little bit second half. It looked a lot better. Yeah, very absolutely. improved. But definitely, I also thought looking through that the experience is definitely lopsided. Oh yeah, because Italy's decision making was kind of poor in the second half. Like they'd be getting close. Like they were very yeah. close to scoring on several opportunities. But then something would happen that they would either give up a penalty or knock it forward or just something like that would happen that they would prevent them from scoring. Because right. like we said, it was a seven-point game coming out of the half, and it, it became even closer after they got a penalty. So one try, they could have taken the lead. Yeah. And right. they came close, one, like, a couple of times. Well, like, we uh, we were talking about the um, the Brex kick to the corner in the the, the try zone. It was, it was, like, a bit of a head-scratcher because yeah. it seemed like, oh, they may have a chance if they just keep shipping it wide that they could take it or at least reset for a new ruck and bring it back the other way and also like it, it just showed like he wasn't he didn't realize who was out there because he had i think it was ruza was out there the a lock trying yeah, to like, chase down that kick that's not going to happen well right. i think if you look back at that replay you could see that the communication was there to make that kick because right. obvi- like the lock is obviously like he was like what six he's like six seven something tall like that. Boy, he's yeah. super tall yeah. So, and against the, the winger that they had, he would have probably won a one-on-one, you know, jump. Right. But the, the kick ended up going just a tad too far that the lock had to make up all that space. Yeah. And it was a good idea because we did mention that those uh, try zones were gigantic. They were. Right? Yeah. They were like 20-some meters long. <laughs> so... I think they're, they're max regulation. Yeah, yeah. they're max... Like, they were the, the biggest they could possibly be. So... It was good, like, why not try it? Yeah. But I think it was, the the communication was there, but it was, 
because like the the ruck before that it was completely open it was mm-hmm. totally fine but then in that ruck the ball got slowed down a, by uh, Ireland by Ireland yeah. I, I think it was in particular it was uh, Doris who mm. who slowed it down and that messed up the timing for that kick so at the end of it they were like why did why did you kick that even though like literally thirty seconds before that, you could see that the communication had been made. Right. I think also the the um, personnel for it was a little off. I thought Brex had a very good game. He was running hard, tackling hard, making good reads on defense. Had a lot of nice plus one offloads. That kick there, I think, a little ambitious for him. He wasn't very far off, but I would think it would have been way more comfortable if that was Garbisi making that kick. Mm, that's a fair point. It like it was it. What I, I guess what we're trying to say is like the thought was there, but. It was high risk, high reward, where sure. you could have just mm-hmm. probably pounded it a few more rucks, just at least take it to the other side of the field and back, and you probably would have scored or at least gotten a penalty somewhere within there. Yeah, and I yep. think uh, all this, this, at the end of the day, like, to say on the other side of the coin, like, Ireland played a pretty effective game Yeah, by I, that point. Especially you know? considering some of their, like, players were a little out of position or, like, yeah. not quite the starters. I thought Conan is not quite it at eight. I think Doris is far more effective when he's at eight and you have Omani at six, and Conan's probably coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, because when Omani came on, it felt like um, a lot more urgency um, and effectiveness in the, the back row. Yeah, I, I think, like, on top of that, though, like, I, I mean, you showed me a roster. It was pretty much a full roster of players that were injured for Ireland. Yes. That, like, you could play. And obviously, like, not all of them are, like, the starting 15, you know. But, like, right. a, a handful of them would have been players that you would put in there. Absolutely. But right. regardless of that, like, that final try, I believe. I think it was the final try by um, Mac Hansen. Yes. Um, yeah. Where, it like, it was just consistent phases by Ireland. Just mm-hmm. driving Italy to the point where... Like, it, it was just, like, what, Connor Murray straight to Hanson on, mm-hmm. like, beautiful, you know, like, to yeah. close the game out, right? Like, like Italy, yes, they, they came so close. They pushed so hard. They made a lot. Mm-hmm. But we can't discredit the fact that, like, till the end, till that 70th minute try, like, Ireland were still commanding the game controlling where the ball was being played. Right. You know, it was the silly mistakes that gave them the, like, big, long try, um, what? Oh, like Pierre, 16? Bruno's intercept, yeah, yeah, to end the half. Right, to Which, end the half. Yeah, you know, I like, was surprised they didn't just take that line out and then just kick it out. Yeah, exactly. It was just exactly. a bad pass from the key. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you look at it, like, if if he didn't make that pass, instead of a seven-point seven, seven point game, we're looking at a 14-point game at right. half. You know, like... I think, yeah. Like me, I know it's crazy. I'm advocating for Ireland in in this a- aspect wow. of like, like Insane. we can't we can't discredit Take away from them. Yeah, we can't discredit how good Ireland still looked. Especially <laughs> the difference of Ireland during this game than the Ireland we got two weeks ago. Like they looked better. Yeah, I think the important thing is like Italy. Um, you know, they're closing that gap. Yeah, agreed. On to the next point about this game. (laughs) And talking about giving credit to people and and players, we're going to talk about Mac Hansen's performance at Man of the Match. I just want to say that he had two tries, 
right? So two tries, 75 meters off of 11 carries, yep. and one and a half F-bombs. Do you think that... He's one and a half up on everybody Well, because, he, yeah, because it was one and a half, like, as he almost said it again after dropping the mic. Yes. He pulled it away. And then he, he was like, away. it's a fun game. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of fun. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon, yeah. pardon. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yes. That was so I'm going to say one and a half. Yes, <laughs> making an early uh, argument for... Player of the Year for 2023, I think. It's <laughs> so already leading one stat category by miles, miles, really. No one else is on the board. But I think you put any other Irish player in front of there and then have them drop a mic like that. They're, they're probably doing the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. I think any player, you probably could get that out of them. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, actually, though, Beckett and I talked about this. at Like, during the game, when... Mac Hansen got the uh, like his first try. Yeah, and it was like it was like your winger could touch the ball three times, score a try, and like gate like thirty meters or something, and he's gonna get player of the game. Yeah, man of the match. Man of the match. Yeah, like versus versus a player who's like a, a what, what? What was your example? You're like a lot could have like. Yeah, well, let's look at look at one real one from here. It's it's not quite the stats I was saying, but like uh, Vanderfleer, twelve tackles made. Um, multiple offloads, 10 passes, 9 carries for 52 yards. Uh, he had, I think, 2 turnovers, 1. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the example I was using is like, yeah, 15 tackles, 20 carries for yeah, like 30 yeah. yards, a couple turnovers, no man in the match. But right. Which, I mean, Vanderfleer had a, had a good better game. carry to, to yardage than the example you were giving, too. But yes. Like, yeah. No, I, I mean... It, not to take away from Matt Hansen. I mean, he played a great game, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just funny. In that, that second aspect. try really sealed the man of the match for him. Otherwise, for I probably sure. would have gone maybe like Hugo Keenan. Well, if we're going <laughs> off of stats alone, Pierre Bruno had 176 meters made. Yeah. Okay. Off of, okay. Off of 15 <laughs> carries. Lorenzo Canone, the number eight, eight carries, 102 yards, 15 tackles, no missed tackles. I mean that that's. Pretty impressive. Pretty honestly. impressive. He's twenty as well. He's twenty years old. Can't even drink legally in the United States. I mean, I cannot. He can't. He can in Italy. He's been able to do that for it's safety. Yeah, yeah. fourteen actually. In Italy, yeah. I, I think, um, like that goes just back to the point of like, I can't wait to see Italy during not not this year's World Cup, but oh, the twenty twenty seven World Cup. Well, I think it? it'll what's be so hot, excited. What's your hot take My, for that one? I wanted to get it on on the recording. I'm not bold enough to say it on recording. Well, didn't yet. you say something on the along the lines that Italy of a quarterfinals? Quarter you know, I I it could be possible for for 2027. For 2027, mm-hmm. I see it. Hopefully, they don't um get what they have every single World Cup. They get put up with New Zealand. I think they've been Ugh. with New Zealand in a pool six times now. Which is ridiculous. I think changing how the World Cup pool selection works is a whole nother can of worms. Maybe not doing it three years ahead of time. And then you're like, oh, well, whales were in band one. Now they're in band three. (laughs) Yeah, but I I, like that's a whole nother question. I I think we will move on from that and and maybe move on to our next game. Yeah, Yeah, I'm satisfied with that game. Well, you can't wait for whales in two weeks. Italy versus Wales. Yeah, that'll be Italy versus Wales will be interesting. Speaking of Wales, uh, in Cardiff we had Wales versus England. Uh, Wales scored ten, England won uh, with twenty points on the board. Um, that was a interesting game. 
I think it's going to be interesting for the Netflix series. Oh, uh, yeah. That'll be very interesting yeah. for the Netflix oh, yeah. series. I think big, big, thing, big takeaway, Lee Halfpenny, not hurt, played a game. It's like, seeing ha- it's like sealing Haley's Comet, really, it is. <laughs> Lee Halfpenny, not injured, on the field. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, overall, like, this was probably the best Wales has looked against the opponent that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which doesn't surprise me because it is England versus Wales, like, and it's yeah. in Cardiff. Like, this is like they seemed a little bit more uh, rejuvenated or energized yeah. in this match. Yeah, but I think like overall, like, I don't think England played the best game that they played, and and that doesn't surprise me. You know, like I think England is definitely like they're on a rebuild year, like right, it, 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 which is unfortunate. But I mean, what you had Wales like controlling. A lot of possession, granted, in their own half, mm-hmm. but um, it was just like, it, it was a game of who made more mistakes, in my eyes, you know? Like, I, I look at what, what Owen Farrell did for this game, like, I think this is a great debate that um, has two good sides to it, and I feel like we should play that role a little bit, mm-hmm. if y'all wouldn't mind entertaining me here. Um, there's the... Like Owen Farrell having turnover, a lot of turnovers, um, like making yeah, making know. seventeen tackles. Yeah, um, playing a great. He was involved team. in four turnovers for either directly or indirectly. Um, assisted in winning turnovers. He had two poaches and then two others where he forced a penalty. penalty. Yeah. yeah, and then the other side of the coin is also like looking at Owen Farrell. He made a lot, a lot of messy kicks. Going into the, this game in the Six Nations, he had a 54 or 56 or something like that percent yeah. kick uh, um, success rate. Mm-hmm. Left this game with a 33% from just isolated in this game uh, and made a lot of kicking choices during open play when you had overloads that I think were poor. His offensive game kind of, to me, fell apart. So you have, yes, like his phenomenal defensive play, right? But his yeah. offensive game to me was what fell apart. And I just feel like we should, like, that's a worthy debate point on the England mm-hmm. side right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, looking at some other players, uh, Freddie Stewart, he won man of the match. Mm. Uh, he was very good, carried well, had the uh, had his try assist. I thought Arlie Lawrence uh, had a shout with uh, how he carried the ball. You know, he scored a try, 12 carries, 86 meters. Uh, made a few passes, nine tackles, one missed. Um, I thought he, you know, he's really showing that he is that sort of replacement for Manu they've needed um, to bring that physicalness in the midfield and carry. Now, um, we're just going to put all the expectations on him, and he will be forever (laughs) injured, and we will go find someone else in five years. And then, again, like I said to Ethan, it's time to get have Owen Farrell replace him and have the Owen Farrell-Henry Slade Midfield. I think we throw a whole wrench in there. We move Stewart to 12. We put Marcus Smith at 15. (laughs) Owen Farrell goes to 9. What? (laughs) What? Kyle Sinclair once played center. Let's just stick him there. Genius, genius. Yes, we'll we'll start Makovunapola. Steve Borthwick? Who is this guy? We could totally run the English team. Yeah. As your resident Bath fan, struggling at the bottom of the table, yes, I know, please do not take Ollie Lawrence from us. Please do not let him be injured. I don't don't wish. You should really be better with the players you have on that squad. Yes, we should. That's a whole nother conversation. But 
But like, no, actually though, like Ollie Lawrence is just like been the weapon that England's needed at twelve. Yeah. You know, like he he just he is like just a sledgehammer up the middle. Without a doubt, one of the best like additions back into like this new rebuilding England, you know? Mm-hmm. And and as much as I I am a not a fan of Henry Slade, um, I I understand he's a left footed kicker and he gives us the other option on the, off the foot. To me, I just don't. It, it never feels like it's enough. I, but but I'm that's just me. I've always been not much of a fan of Henry Slade in our starting lineup. I think Joe Marchant has been a great player and deserves that spot. But that's just me. <laughs> I'll let you guys take over a little bit on the <laughs> I mean, I thought Slade distributed um, fairly well for, in this game from the, the, the few times they asked him to. True. Um, I think he's also, is, he's um, does he run the defense for his his um, squad at home? I, think. I am not 100% yeah, sure probably. on that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, um, I think that might be part of it is like, if you're looking at defensively, who do you want out there? Yeah. Especially from a, a 13. You know, that's why Chris Harris for Scotland has had it down for a little while, and only now Hugh Jones is really taking that shirt back from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with Henry Slate, there's he doesn't make a whole lot of uh, any impact that some of these other players will. Right. Like you said, Joe Marchand. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to sit on the Henry Slate conversation because, like, I know I will just continue to be – so let's let's flip the script. Hey, Ellis I mean, you're on a, oh. you're on a win streak, so yeah, that's a good true, point. True, but Ellis Genge, absolute monster. He is the baby rhino. Yeah, for uh, I loved every moment of the game that I saw that he yeah. was on the field. Like, yeah, I just it, he was all over the field all the time. As the resident props and then Beckett the junior prop, <laughs> <laughs> we all enjoyed seeing a big guy. Front rowers have, union. Yeah, yeah, the front rowers union. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being able to uh, run for 61 meters. So let's give him a round of applause real yes. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's go. Phenomenal. Big man of the week. Hard yeah. man to stop, he is. <laughs> Truly. I think uh, a couple other big things that for me on the England side before we kind of talk a little bit more about Wales. Wales. Because um, mm-hmm. I think we, de- we they deserve it. Um, a couple big things. Anthony Watson was back. Yes. Uh, Courtney Laws was on the replacements. Yes. Which, yes. Huge finally, to see him back. Good Watson to see him back. was great to watch. Great to see him get that try. Yeah. Was, uh, I thought, you know, he played a solid, very solid match from, from what he did out there. Yeah. I, I'm so... It's uh, it's nice to see some of these names that have been injured for a little yeah. while. Anthony Watson is the guy. He's kind of in the same boat of um, Manu was, where it's like, comes back, injured, comes back, yeah. injured, comes back, injured. But, like, we got yeah. a good game. Henry, Hopefully he can... Yeah. Arundel, Marcus Smith, I mean, great jobs there. They got 30, oh, yeah. 30, second, 30 seconds there. of game time. They did phenomenally I'm in those 30 so, seconds. They didn't mess anything up. So bothered about didn't how the Arundel run managed. into touch, like, to end the match? Got, yes, he, he did. He conceded one turnover, technically, yes. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah, but he gained I, I, twelve meters in that carry. The substitution management could have been handled a lot better, in my opinion. But yeah. I think that comes down to the fact what, like, like you had double digits points left off the field from kicks. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you had that extra, like even a, a ten points, like just the lowest double digit, ten mm-hmm. points in those kicks, make the game 
a a twenty point game essentially at the final score. But but like you throughout the game when those kicks had arrived, you would have had a bigger score margin to feel more comfortable bringing some of those subs on. Yeah, um, which good on Wales to keep that yep. score margin pretty tight, even taking their first lead. Of, yes, uh, of twenty twenty three. Yes. Could, with you that, know what? With Let's the give them a round of applause yeah. for that one. Yeah. <laughs> we're really taking advantage of the fact that we're all here in person. Yeah, right? yeah, yes, yeah. we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that Zamet, um, his um, intercept try, very nice. Yeah, that very, was... Very good read. Uh, Just I, <laughs> the pass straight to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. couldn't ask for anything easier. <laughs> yeah, I, I, truly, honestly. Uh. Yeah, but um, that was that was, I mean... From the from the um, forward pack, there was a lot of great work done um, by the forwards. A lot of them made a lot of tackles. Thomas, Gareth Thomas, 11 tackles. Ken Owens, 9. Thomas Francis, 11. Adam Beard, 14. Alwyn Jones, 10. Christian Zua, 14 with no misses. Tipperick, uh, 17 no misses. And Falatau with 11. Yeah. Some uh, impressive work rate, I think, from the, from the forward pack. Agreed. Um, I think the biggest uh, like controversial point of the game... Mm-hmm. Would be Owen Williams at ten. Yeah, I think that like I think your forward pack like put in work. Um, obviously, like you've got some names in there that people are like Alan Wynn Jones. Does he need to just move on? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he played an all right game. Like it wasn't phenomenal by any means, but it. I, he, right, but I mean, I mean, the reason you know he's a leadership. Person. Right, but yeah, but I, if going back to Williams, I mean, there, there's the reason he um, uh, was was starting over Dan Bigger is um, I think Dan Bigger last week had gotten into a bit of a scruff up with um, Rio Dyer uh, at, at the last game. Yeah. Um, so he was it was a bit of a sort of a punishment in in that regard. Right, right. I'm just saying, like in terms of when you look at it, like was it worth it? You know, right? Uh, was was that punishment worth? Because it? It, it, to me, it's kind of like at the same time, like you know, yeah. Scotland with Finn Russell. I'm not you know? sure if, if. Well, I'm not sure if Dan Baker would have made that huge. If maybe a little bit closer to score, maybe losing bonus point. I'm not sure if it would have affected the final outcome of who won, though. I feel like Dan Bigger is such an experienced player. Yeah. That like, as soon as they had taken that lead. I think he could have maintained a strong, like... Hold over it. Hold, yeah, hold. I, I think, like, e- even just in terms of managing players and managing, like, the team and their expectations. So, like, to me, I, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. He's a lion. I mean... He yeah, he is a lion. He is. He, he can deserve... He, it's not like he's... Never, I, I think, like, for me, what you look at, if you are Gallon. You are coaching Wales. Go back to the old. No, 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 not go back to the old. But but just think about who your key components are right now mm-hmm. and who you need to basically, like, tell them, like, your whole role is to play around these other players. Yeah. You know? And, like, like it's great seeing Lee Halfpenny back. He was a beast. As he as he can yeah. deserve to be yeah. yeah. Uh, Reese Samet, great to see him back finally. What in, he was injured for a little while. Yeah, and, he missed about a month or two. I yeah, think. yeah. Yes. And so, but good for Wales to see him back. 
You know, you've got Ken Owens is always like a strong player. Right. You know, good like, captain. Yeah, exactly. Solid captain, yeah. And and Falatau, right? Right. Those Shinzu, I'd put up there with him um, as like potentially true. Like, what he's yeah, as, yeah. Like I mean, honestly, their whole like like loose forwards, yeah, I, I, are decent, right? Yeah, like, Justin Timberick's really good. Yeah, like, yeah. I think he's always been really good. Right. Right. Uh, I, I, I think their think type five are most are a lot of workhorses there too. Yeah. It yeah. It feels like like looking at the people and looking at some even some of their staffs, you feel like man, they should they should be winning more. Yeah. With that forward pack, they should just be able to sort of grind it down sometimes, but they haven't been able to. I think that goes to show what the style of Northern Hemisphere rugby is looking like this year, though. Right. Like, I, all the other teams are playing way more, like, sling about rugby, which I don't think, like, the this Welsh team, what you're talking about, just strong-arming and whatnot, yeah. like, it's not... it's That's how they play, right? And this that's not how Six Nations is looking so far. Right. Well, so, yeah. so like, I, I don't know. I think this is a good sign for Wales that they kept a 10-point game and, held, and finally held a lead. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the coin, I'm still rooting for Italy next week. Or yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, Wales, I think I've, I've talked with you guys about it, is in their group, Pool C, it's going to be very interesting um, oh, to yeah. see them go up against Australia and Fiji. And Georgia and even Portugal, and and that yeah. that's going to be an exciting pool to watch. It's yeah, that pool is probably going to be my favorite pool yeah. for the World Cup. But we're not talking about the World Cup yet. Not we're just yet. About not quite. Just a few more months. So I think we've got a lot of good points st- stated here. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to talk about our France Scotland game. Are you? You mean France South Africa? What? Oh God! <laughs> you mean France exiled the English? Yeah, exactly. Yikes. No, but um, so the France-Scotland game, um, France won 32-21. to Um, Honestly, Scotland played uh, like a better second half than first in terms of converting their points. Right. But overall, played a crazy uh, territory game for Scotland. Mm -hmm. Right? Like... Like, what was it? We were sitting there, it was 25 minutes into the game, they pulled up the territory, uh, like, stats, and it yes. was, like, like 30-something percent almost in... In the French 22. In the French 22. Yeah, it was, like, 35, I think. Yeah, it was crazy. 30, yeah, it was such a high number. Yes. Or like, and there was no points for that. But, yeah. Or, like, when we went into the second half, and we were watching, like, maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes of the second half, and it said within the last 10 minutes... Oh, Scotland, 98%. 98% Scotland had the ball or it was in, in, in the French in the territory. French territory. Yes. Yep, and yeah, they like, only got it and they got they did get a try out of it, but it's like 10 minutes spent there, you should be more efficient with your time. Yeah. For sure. Especially when you're down. Yeah, and and it was like and I think the the big thing to me is like when France had the ball uh-huh. and when France was in Scotland's half, they were inside of Scotland's 22 yep. and like they converted points a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, I, I there the time spent in Scotland's half was so effective by France. Well, they drove the ball so well into the twenty-two. Yeah, well, if you look at um, time and opposition half, Scotland was in there for fourteen minutes. France was in there for eight minutes thirty-three seconds. Opposition, uh, or uh, and the points per, per visit to twenty-two. France came away with three points per visit, and Scotland only came away with two. Right. So that's not that's not what you want. Right. right. 
I, I, I think the point that I'm making, which actually looking at the stats now, because I, I just pulled them up, mm-hmm. I'm glad, Becky, you've, you've advocated for looking at these uh, yeah. when we're talking about the games. But, uh, like, time in op- opposition half versus time in opposition 22. This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. France, in the opposite half, eight, eight and a half minutes. France, in the opposition 22, was... Almost six minutes. Yeah, of nearly that. six minutes. Yes, yeah. right. Like that's insane. Meanwhile, Scotland spent fourteen minutes in the other half. Well, not even reaching half of that. Seven minutes in the opposing twenty-two. Yeah, you know. So like, like France when they got the ball, when they gained the territory, and they were pushing in, they they were much more effective with yeah, it. Yeah, they stayed in that pressure in that twenty-two. Right. I think we sort of skipped over a little bit here. Is I want to mention. How great of a game did it actually turn out to be? We, that first <laughs> yeah, red card happened, and we were like, ah, there goes the game. And first then well, how, and the, two tr- the two tries. Yes, and then yeah. House is like, all right, let me introduce myself. <laughs> yeah, see, um, the announcers, I remember we were talking about this, had said, oh, he's serving an 18-month suspended sentence for whatever. And we were like, oh, well, he's yeah. got to go to, he's get back to court. He's got to get off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> his court date was mid, uh, at halftime. Yeah, he, oh, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to run late. All right. <laughs> no, it, uh, so for those who don't know, we're making jokes. Uh, Beckett looked this up while we were in the game, or mm-hmm. while watching the after game. The annou- ref, uh, after the commentator ref commentator had said. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he apparently... Was uh, committed burgl- burglary. Yes, and missed his first trial date because he was because training. He was training. <laughs> yes, that's what the yeah. No, so, I was very surprised when the commentators mentioned that, and I was like, "You can, uh, you can still pl- be playing." Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. So that was the the jokes that were built. It's just uh, mm-hmm. to explain it for anybody who doesn't know. Yes. Um. But yeah, no. I mean, France, like they like Scotland, who in the last year or so. Has been known to having like amazing tacklers or mm-hmm. or making like strong defenses. Right. And France just walked through them half the time. It, it felt like they were every every time they drove the ball forward. If it was just a pot off a pass, it felt like the ball was moving forward. What France does so well is that they keep it to the basics. They're yes. just so good. Their at that. basics are very good. That's credit to their coaching staff. They have an all star coaching staff. Yeah. Because like we were watching it, and whenever Scotland had the ball especially a certain Finn Russell, would be trying to flip the ball and do all these crazy stuff with oh. it. And honestly, Ethan was just yelling at the TV. It's just like, hold on to the ball! Like, yeah. go down with it or something like that. Yeah. Whereas France is just like, if, with France, it's like, we have the ball, control, possession. That is like the number one key. Yeah. Hold on to the ball. Don't do anything stupid with it. Whereas with Scotland, and you say in particular Finn Russell, they just like to fly it, like just throw it and do all these different offloads right yeah. a little bit too much. Yeah, and I think, like, that goes to show, like, Ben Russell, great player, has shining moments for Scotland. Part of the reason why they get experimental, they get to do some things and, and uh, that, like, really whiplash a game around. And, and, like, he makes sure the ball gets to Duhan whenever it needs to be there. And that's, like, you know, like, he's he is a great leader in a lot of aspects. But particularly in this game, he made a lot of stupid pass decisions where mm-hmm. he was trying to give a plus one ball when he was going to ground when he just needs to take it to ground. It left it led to a knock on, it led to a thirty meter falling backwards and in, in, in and luckily they had advantage, I believe, yeah. at that point. Um but like it, just making these choices that are almost like too reckless 
in some cases. And then on top of that, I think he made the same mistake that Farrell made the day before with some of his kick decisions when he kept kicking it into the try zone. It's not the try zone we saw last, right. like last week. You know, this is yeah. this is not it's not Murray Field. They they don't have a deep try zone to shoot at. Right? This is France. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, they. He he made a lot of those choices that I just think like he had some super high highs in this game. That's like when he scored his try, you know, that was amazing. His conversions were solid, but some of his other choices just were like extremely low. Mm. Right. But not not to blame him for Scotland's loss, right? Like he played a solid game, and obviously when I was talking about like one of those exact errors I was talking about, like he did it when they had advantage. So like I understand like you choose to play recklessly during that time. You make kicks when you have advantage. Like that is good. But... I think Gilcrest going out <laughs> from the red card early. Yes. Can, can I talk oh, about that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would like to give a round of applause last round. Oh, Thank my you, promise. I'm using this to our advantage, yes. to the to the athletic trainer, for the French oh, athletic trainer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, because... For when Jalon went down, yes. Yeah. Well, okay, so, obviously he went down, and it was because of this high tackle, oh, mm-hmm. oh, this high tackle straight shoulder to the face, but that trainer must have had like a mic he was mic'd up or something because yeah. he made sure to take his time and go over to uh the head referee and be like hey i think you need to take a second look at that yes as as somebody who has had head head injury problems um i have so much respect for this like trainer or, mm-hmm. or physio and this ref for, for taking that moment and saying, like, hey, this is dangerous. This is exactly what we're trying to cut out of the game. Right. You need and, to come look at this. Yes. yes. And, and, and respecting the medical professional's, uh, like, direction of saying, like, hey, that was a dangerous hit. I need to take an mm. HIA for this player. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think we a lot of people probably are getting on uh, Nika Amish uh, Kelly, the um, referee, for yeah. how he handled some of the things in the game. But I think the way he handled the two red cards... Clear reds. He didn't muck about. He wanted to make sure he got them right, and I think yeah, he did a great job there. I do, especially too. especially listening to the physio on the first one. And I gotta say, I gotta thank France for for the second one. Yeah, making it a, they like they, they want to make this exciting. Yeah. Yes. And and funny enough, I mean, it was a twelve point final game, which yep. those twelve points at the beginning of the game through the first red card. Eleven point. Eleven game? point Wait, game. Thirty two twenty one. You're right. You're right. So those twelve points at the beginning of the game. Made the what difference. If, yeah, what yeah. It made the difference. It did. Regardless, Could have won by one. My yes. point was yes, it was, that those it was, 12 points made yes. a difference. You know, that um, first red card, that small time frame mm-hmm. where they had they scored the try 15 on 14. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with that. It clearly did. Even if, it, and like even um, had it been like a yellow, it would have, you know, made that difference being down that. Um, and, you know, like we said, just not taking their chances, Scotland, too yeah. muck, mucking about too much. We were watching it, and I was just like, that's one too many offloads. You, David, um, Tui Pelotu, I think, had Hugh Jones right next to him and went to pass it when they were in, like, maybe, yeah, within the 22. They were, like, 20, 10 20. meters out yeah, from their track. Yeah, 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 and he goes yeah, to pass yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and he's, like, about two feet from him, and he's got his hands down and just hits it straight in, him in the chest because he wasn't ready. He was, he was coming in there to help clear out because he thought he was taking it in. Yeah bad communication and as the you know you have to be able to see that oh he's got his hands down i'm gonna keep this 
Or like what I said for one of them, one of the cases of them mucking about had to go following the second red card, right? Following the second red card, obviously Scotland gets the penalty. They kick it out. They go for the line out. Line out, not straight. Yes. Like not like oh, the like yeah. that kills. You. They, it was within like ten meters of scoring as well. Right. So it, that and then not only did they get the the scrum to France, France had eight men in the scrum. Uh, Scotland had seven. Yeah. France just demolished them, got the penalty, kicked it out. Like, yeah. No. Well, and then another opportunity that they messed up was when uh, we had a Scottish player diving far too far away from the try zone. Doesn't even get yes, the ball drops down the in ball. the try zone, but he drops yes, it because yeah. he's trying to dive to score. And even if had he not, it looked like he would. He would left it short anyway. Yeah. Yes, and try so zone fever. Like, like those, those the, right there. We just named three quick errors, mm-hmm. major errors. Yep. That that turn this game, right? Uh, yeah. And there we go. We got the first. Yeah, car there's our beeping. first car alarm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, hopefully, someone comes to deal with that. Yeah. Um, it, I, it, this interesting stat, a little off topic. Interesting stat I just noticed because we had talked about this is Hamish Watson it looked like he had gotten bumped off um at one point but maybe I guess because the tackle was completed he actually finished with a perfect four for four tackling Mm. his streak remains alive because remember through the end of last year he was on I think 219 straight made tackles so his streak continues so they took him off just because they yeah yeah The streak no, continues. I, they, they took him off because of the red card change, and I right. think it made sense. It was the right choice at the time. If they had the sage wisdom that we have now that they were of about knowing to, that there was yeah. going to be a red card on France not soon after, they would have kept him on the field, right? But obviously mm-hmm. they don't have that knowledge. They made the right choice. <laughs> when you mean by sage wisdom, you mean the statistics, the new statistics that they have on the ball? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the sensor in the ball, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm talking about the fact that like we're we're looking at it in past tense, so we know yes, that there's a yes, red card yes. coming for France like soon after that replacement happened. So like if you, if you were a Scotland's yeah. coach and you're like, oh no, France is going to get a red... We can keep Hamish Watson on the field. Yeah, you know, like at the moment you're like, okay, we're down a lock. We need a, another lock out there. It, I'd much rather be down a a flanker and a right. in the scrum than a lock. Right. You don't want to put Hamish Watson at lock instead. <laughs> well, we no. could put Matt Fagerson at lock. That's so what I we, we we were saying maybe put Matt at lock and Hamish. Yeah. You know, when necessary, put him at eight. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered plenty, plenty for this week's games. Yeah. Uh, do y'all have any final points I want to make before we uh, sign it off for this week? I think Ireland's going to win the Grand Slam. Ooh, really? that's spicy. I hope to see next week, or not next week, two weeks. I keep saying next week. Um, two weeks, yeah. Next, two round. Weeks. next round. Next round. There we go. Next round. I hope Scotland comes in with, with a little bit of Fury, knowing that I mean they could they've only lost one game. Unfortunately didn't get a bonus point here. Mm-hmm. But like if they, you know, play well against Ireland and, and surprise people, come back. Get with, a bonus point. Get yeah. a mm-hmm. get a bonus point, get a bonus point win. They're still yeah. in the running. Yeah, yeah. They're still in the running, right? Three horse like, race. It is. And and so fingers crossed that they can they can End those Grand Slam hopes for Ireland. Peaking too early, Ireland, uh, for the win. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, as we've been saying, the next round is in two weeks for Six Nations. Uh But doesn't mean there isn't plenty of rugby to be watched. Actually, before we get into that, the schedule, 
Again, guys, what we've been saying, shameless plug over here. Go visit our website, tigerstalkprod.com. Yes. We have our merchandise. I'm currently wearing our No Bias t-shirts. Go take a look at them. They're, yeah. they're super nice, super comfortable, very light. Um, as well as you get take a, take a read at some of Beckett's blog posts. He's been on top of them. Yeah. Um, especially really his infa- infamous uh, prediction of Italy's rise to glory. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we'll, we'll, we'll see it in two weeks when they beat Wales. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> uh, and followed up with a win over Scotland, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, also on there is still some Clemson rugby uh, gear. We've already said this in the past that if you buy some, a portion of the profits goes to the Clemson rugby team. Yes, yep. uh, there's iPhone cases, T-shirts, hats. Uh, maybe not hats, but we'll work on it at some we, point. Yeah, we should add some hats. Yeah, that, we, we should add some hats. We should add some hats. Uh, and again, it's tigerstalkprod.com, and I'll put the link in the description. Uh, but on to next week's uh, matches. Yeah, this this weekend we've got some MLR games for us Americans. Yes. Yeah. You want to go through those? So the I'm just going to run through each of the matches. First of all is Dallas versus Seattle, March 3rd. Beckett, any comments? Uh, easy win, Seattle, as they're <laughs> on their way to securing their third title. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Next one is Rugby ATL versus Nola Gold. Huge rivalry in Atlanta on March 4th. Next one, Chicago Hounds versus Utah Warriors on the 5th. And then the New York Ironworkers versus Old Glory DC on March 5th. And then finally, rounding out the rest of the schedule, will be Houston Sabercats versus San Diego at uh, Aviva Stadium in Houston on March 5th. So, that being said, go watch some rugby.